prostitution, the world's oldest profession. Illegal in most places in the world, and, like all things related to sex, a taboo subject we rarely discuss. But, in the rural counties of Nevada, where the West is still wild, pay for play is legal. My name is Jim, and for the last 20 years I've been a customer of the legal brothel system in Nevada. From its lavish high-end resort properties, to its small shacks in the middle of nowhere, from its connections to other arms of the sex industry, to the secrets it keeps from the public. I've seen it all, done most of it, and now I'm going to share it all with you. Join my friend Larry and I as we take you Behind the Red Light. Welcome back, everybody, to uh, Under or Behind the Red Light, one of your favorite cleanest sex shows on the internet. Absolutely. I guess that's the best way that we can put it. Yes. Um, I am Larry, your your designated button pusher, and sitting across from me, as always, is Jim, our resident... Our pervert in residence. Uh, you... You're... <laughs> You're a little bit more high class than uh, than pervert. Oh, but oh, uh, well. But to, to 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 my sound wave, you're the Megatron of this. Uh, we'll this go venture. with. We'll go with that. Yeah. We'll go with that. Yes, because we're a little uh, we're a little dorky, and 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 we're hopefully or by the time you hear this recording, we're hoping that you had a wonderful holiday season, whatever you celebrate, Christmas, yes. Hanukkah, Kwanzaa. And the like. Yule, whatever. Yule. Um, Festivus, I hear, is very popular these, yes. these days. Whatever you're into. And going into the new year, we hope to bring some content to you, a smile on your face. We want to thank all the people who have been listening to us over the year. Uh, we will get to that tune later, but... How was your holiday season? Oh, it was, it was a very nice holiday season. How was yours? Very, very good. Very yeah, good. I uh, see that you finally got the Christmas tree up after 26,000 hours. It seems that way, yeah. We, we have we have about 1,500 ornaments to go on a seven-and-a-half-foot tree. So it, <laughs> by the time you get them all on there, you don't see very much tree. You just see ornaments and lights. That's pretty much all you get. Well, that's it for the small talk you're going to get. Yes. we got to do our P's and Q's and get this out of the way. Because we do. Because we have a very big set of episodes for you coming up. That's right. Uh, yeah, as as a rule, we do not endorse. No, we do not promote. No, we do not work for. No, we are not pimping out at all. We're not doing any of these sorts of things that promote the brothels in any way, shape, form, or fashion. We are here simply to inform, entertain, uh, and as a historical account, so to speak. And that is ten for good, buddy. Because mm-hmm. I don't know how else we need to need to discuss that. However, we do have a celebration today. Mm-hmm. We are celebrating our twenty first episode absolutely and the reason we choose 21 is because for most of the brothels you need to be 21 to go in yep and uh and so therefore we thought it was a relevant number and the, going into this we are going to take a deep dive into one of jim's i don't know if i want to call it your favorite establishment long-running well, establishment what i would say is we're going to take a deep dive into probably the most well-known and historically relevant brothel in Nevada in the sense that it has an enormous amount of historical uh, background to it. It actually did not even start in Nevada. It started in Texas. And um, it's probably, I would say, the most, certainly the most well-known of the brothel through the 80s and up to the point where Dennis bought the Bunny Ranch and became famous and promoted the, the crap out of that place. But 
um, you well, know, prior to that, this this house was absolutely the most well known brothel in the world. I would say. Yeah, and you said it was in Texas originally. Yes. Um, did they make a musical out of it? Oh, they certainly did. Starring Dolly Parton. Well, they, they sure did. Oh, called the best little whorehouse in Texas. Absolutely, that's the one. Uh, that is the one. So now we have a historical background on it, mm -hmm. a clarity of where this house came from, and it transported to Las Vegas. So. Why don't we start there? Well, we're starting with the Chicken Ranch. This is the deep dive. We're going to do sort of an omnibus, if you will, on the history of the Chicken Ranch and so forth. And um, and, I, and I will also add to it. You mentioned you know the best little whorehouse in Texas, which was a there was there was a Broadway musical in the late seventies, and then in the early eighties a film adaption of it. But um, there was also the seventy three ZZ Top hit Lagrange. Yes, there was, which is about the Chicken Ranch. Did not know that. And a lot of people don't. But the reason it was called LaGrange is because that's where the chicken ranch was originally located. Mm. It's in LaGrange, Texas. So let's start by explaining that um, the chicken ranch, in terms of being known as the chicken ranch, yes. began in 1905 in Texas. However, before that, uh, it actually was still there. The building was still there. Um, the brothel itself started in 1844 this is how old okay and so, far back this the history of this build this place goes so the brothers brothel started in 1844 correct which was during the western expansion correct uh probably next to a railroad i'm guessing it was actually uh right next to the saloon in town which one would sort of figure right at that time it was operated by a woman who was known simply as mrs swine oh i have no idea why the name or anything of that sort um but she operated the hotel that was near the saloon and of course that featured the brothel as part of it and she had girls working there that were largely from um louisiana i believe if i remember correctly at the time um and so what people would do is, you know, men would come in, uh, they would you know, use the hotel lobby for, you know, meeting guests and so mm -hmm. forth. And then they would rent a room and go upstairs to conduct some business. And, um, you know, the brothel was quite successful there um, for over a decade. It did close during the Civil War. Yeah, because I, I was about to say this this pulls on the American history that people it does. don't want to talk about. It does, because what happened is... Uh, the madam and the girls were forced to leave town branded as Yankees. Oh! So as a result, there was... That was the end of that. Now, after the war, of course, prostitution in the local saloons and so on and so forth would not have been unusual. I think everybody knows that and so forth. Well, uh, they have full full movies dedicated to sure. the, the scene where you go to the bar and you ask if there's an upstairs and you go upstairs. And Mrs. Whomever comes down and introduces you to her girls and one of them takes you upstairs, etc., etc. Yeah. And that was basically the way brothels functioned in those days. And although they were illegal, nobody really, I mean, you know. Who said what? Well, you know, it, it was it was just sort of the way it the way it was. Wyatt Earp, one of the most famous lawmen in American history, uh, was romantically involved with a prostitute before he moved on to his his, his next lady, and and the next lady he he met, they had a a, a long lasting relationship. But that just gives you a sense of how popular 
brothels are where a lawman went ahead and and, and engaged in I guess a marriage with uh with this yeah. young lady. Yeah. Well, and what you'll find out is those stories are actually relatively common in terms of because what would happen is it was easier for the madams and so on and so forth to attempt to gain favor with law enforcement mm -hmm. than it was to try and fight against them. And you'll actually, as we go into the story, you're going to hear things that I've said before with respect to the way the brothels operate in Nevada. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to start with the chicken ranch is because it's historical value in terms of explaining how things operated and so forth illegally mm -hmm. paved the way for a legal operation and the way that the legal system functions. You're going to hear things like sheriff's background checks. You're going to hear things like this that went on, even though it was an illegal system, in order to satisfy law enforcement so that they would turn a blind eye. And this process would then later be adopted by Nevada and used as part of the legal process because it weeded out criminals. Yeah. And that's what they discovered that it did. So this really – the history of the chicken ranch really presents – uh, the history of legal prostitution in the United States in terms of the way that it's governed and functions. Well, since we're talking about a historical avenue, it kind of makes me wonder how many outlaws were captured in brothels because they had urges and needs and then got quite a, quite a few. Quite a few. In fact, um, we'll get into that to a certain degree here. Wonderful. At some point. Yeah. So, uh, what, and, and to really start, you if know. There, it, 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 don't mean to pause you, but if there's any um, American culture fans or or, or, or america I, I can't think of uh, of the minor Cer well certainly history well uh, american studies american studies yeah. this has american studies written all over oh without a doubt because it's a it's a very interesting combination of pop culture and um uh, uh historical background really it, it truly is uh because again you know we we mentioned those years and what was going on and them being run out of town but you have to mention them because if the prostitution wasn't there first, mm -hmm. there'd have been no way for what was then eventually known as the Chicken Ranch to start. And that starts really in 1905. So anybody who's writing an American uh, American studies paper on, 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 on prostitution, you can reference this show. Absolutely. Go uh, ahead. In 1905, a woman by the name of uh, Jessie Williams, she would go by Miss Jessie, uh, born Faye Stewart was her actual name. She bought a house along the banks of the lower Colorado River. Here she opened the first brothel. Um, no, we're still in Texas. Right? We are in Texas. Okay. This is this is still this is Lagrange, Texas. Um, she maintained a relationship with local law enforcement, and did so by refusing to allow people that were drunk in. Um, she allowed politicians and lawmen uh, to come in. You know, she she made sure that the place was suitable for them to be there. Um, Back door, front door. That sort of thing. So, in, in other words, what she did was create an environment that allowed the house to be accepted and, and so instead of, again, fostering a problem where the lawman had to get rid of them. Mm -hmm. um, but by the by 1917, there was, at this point, people that wanted to see it gone and that sort of thing. Well, going into 1917, you're crossing into the First World War. Absolutely. And so we're starting to quote get civilized Modernized. as a nation yes and so the the ways of the old west certainly had to go and and certainly prostitution just right out in the middle of the world that was not going to be acceptable anymore um in those years 
you know, religion was taking a real hold here in the United States. And of course, this is unacceptable behavior. A woman shouldn't be a prostitute. On and on and on and on and on. And, you know, modern civilization would not tolerate this type of behavior. So they, oh, they uh, went after it. Uh you, you, you almost see the pattern where as soon as the railroad gets from the Atlantic coast to the Pacific coast, things start waning. They're done building the populace. Now they're just trying to reinvigorate or improve. I think the way to explain is they're done building the infrastructure. Yes. Because if you look historically at certain at certain major historical landmarks in terms of infrastructure – the Hoover Dam is a really good example right. of this. You know, wherever the railroad, as the mm -hmm. railroad was being built east to west, you know, what, yes, the team came in and built a small town, you know, to support in a local area while they were going to be doing the build there. And no sooner did they get that done than the women in the brothels moved in mm -hmm. because it was a way to keep the men there. They right. were going to be there for a very extended period of time working away from home, away from their women. And outside of the, the brothel and the brothel workers, there were no women there. There were no women. There weren't going to be any women in these towns. So, again, it was largely accepted by the companies and by law enforcement, by areas that it was coming in because without it, there was no way to get the guys to stay. Well, it, it, it also leads to the other entertainment factors that, you know, the, you're, you're working on the railroad. Mm -hmm. You're away from your wife or you're, you're, you're not – or, or you were smart enough not to bring your wife with you because Correct. that is a very dangerous time period. Yeah, in and the she and, and she wouldn't have been welcome there. Let's be honest. No, and and you don't know who you're hiring on the railroad. All you need to, to do is peg a spike in the ground and lay rail and tile ties over it and move on. Right. So it, it it's not easy work. It's very hard work. It's dangerous work. There's no real entertainment at the time for the and, masses. And there is no entertainment. The only entertainment you have is you can drink yourself silly, you can gamble all your money away, or you can sleep with the women. And it also kind of makes me wonder if the people who ran the brothel system, the liquor system, and the gambling system were also not connected with the railroad. So when you pay those guys out, you're actually getting their money back through the vice. Well, certainly if you think about organized crime in this nation. Very much so. Uh, you recognize that all the vices you just talked about they were involved with. And in terms of the railroad, they were involved with regard to the unions. Yeah. So yeah, it's not it's not out of line to consider the fact that they were all sort of interconnected together, and that's largely why. Um, so you know, again, by this time there was a group of people that are trying to to uh, to run Miss Jessie out of town, so to speak. So her answer to this is she sells the original property and goes out of town by however many miles. You know, she she's still part of Lagrange, but you know, on the outskirts, away from everything else. She purchases about 10 acres, builds a nice big house there, and um, this is where she ultimately sets up and what becomes the location of the chicken ranch. So it was established in Nevada. Yeah, no, no, no. This is still uh, in Texas. We're Texas. still in LaGrange, Texas. Okay. This is, uh, again, this is uh, 1917. But <clears throat> the name, though doesn't come to a little bit later on and it comes from for, for a very simple reason really it's interesting you'll when we get there it's, it's, it's a very interesting reason um <laughs> chicken since you said it was a chicken ranch is this a 
cock tease? Not at all. Not at all. In no, fact, no, no, no. Chicken cock. Yeah, no, I get ah. it. I get it. But when when you actually find Quit out burying the lead. Well, man. I'm sorry. You know. <laughs> no, here's what. Well, what yeah, happens? What happens is we're gonna get there very quickly here. Uh, so you know they they open up shop. They start working. Um, and one of the things that they start to do is they start to send letters to local men fighting in World War I, uh, you know, trying to establish a customer base and that sort of thing, uh, with, along with this advertising and, and as automobiles start to become a thing. This allows the traffic to increase at the brothel, uh, and as, as such, new rooms are added on, more girls are brought in, you know, the more the demand is. And it ends up, if you ever see a picture of it, and then they are out there on the internet, it, it looks like this enormous Texas farmhouse is what it ends up looking like. Oh, okay. And, uh, you know, whitewashed siding, you know, there's several outbuildings and mm -hmm. so forth. Some of those buildings held chickens. No, well. You know, as one would expect in those years. Well, yeah. Where you're mean, talking about. If you, if you think about what a chicken has to offer, right. it's meat and eggs. Yeah, so they're worth keeping. Um, there was an entrance to the brothel now that was in the back of the property and of course it was unlit and this allowed people just to get in without being seen really discreet and so forth no external signage mm -hmm. nothing of that sort um and for at least the, in the early years there were only 14 rooms so they were operating just a small number of women and it was uh and again uh the local sheriff he knew what was going on. Yeah. He allowed this because of the relationship that Miss Jesse had formed. And not only that, but the sheriff would visit and the girls would let him in on whatever the patrons were saying. So if guys showed up and saying, you know, we just robbed a bank, we just did this or whatever, because that was what guys did in those days. They celebrated. They went to the brothel and drank themselves silly. And absolutely. And so what ends up happening is this sheriff goes down in history because he's able to solve all of these crimes <laughs> and has a closure rate unlike any other sheriff because he's got the help of the girls who these men wrongly assume aren't going to say a word because they're also criminals. But in fact, they're working closely with law enforcement. They're, they're, they're tied in. It, it, it's almost as if it was set like you were setting the perfect trap for these guys. Mm -hmm. It's like we have women, we have booze, come in here, hang out. By the way, I need to make a phone call. Yeah. And, well, and the sheriff uh, would also occasionally, he would just, if they were having difficulty, he would show up with a, a big metal rod and just eject customers if they were behaving badly. You know, he wasn't going to tolerate uh, his informants yeah. being abused or anything, and he wouldn't do it. So not only were they allowed to operate, but they were given full protection by law enforcement. Remember what I said earlier about a lot of this starts to cross over when we get to the legal world mm -hmm. of prostitution. Well, from based on what you, you, you have told the audience, it sounds like, you know, these the, the, the girls and the sheriff had a wonderful working relationship to the point where the sheriff wasn't the sheriff wasn't necessarily making money, but he was landing criminals. Absolutely. Which, of course, and sheriffs are elected officials. So the more he's convicting criminals, the more he has a job. Bingo. So it was you know, one hand washing the other for sure. And then where the girls come from, they're allowed to operate and work with with, with stand up individuals. But if a criminal came through the door, they had protection. and They mm -hmm. knew they weren't going to be abused. Yes. Yes. And and so here comes probably one of the bigger moments in the brothel's history. The Depression hits. Yeah. And 
It's funny that you should say that because uh, the, the, there was a report that was out in New Orleans when um, when when the recession kicked in in 1980 in the 1980s that you couldn't find a hooker in New Orleans, which meant the economy came in and business was way down. Yeah, and nobody was going to spend any money. Well, and what what ultimately happens is much like much like you're referring to, you know, she's forced to drop the prices at the brothel at this point. Because no one can afford it, you know. Um, so one of the things that they decided to do as customers were dwindling, um, because what was happening is she was having prostitutes that now can't feed themselves. Mm. So, you know, we've got a situation where, you know, we're not able to feed each other. You know, this is bad. So she created the poultry standard, is what it was called, where you was one live chicken for one sexual act. You know what? And That's, so when huh. this went be, with the idea being, hey, at least we're getting the chickens, we're getting the eggs, we're getting food. You know, this is a worthwhile trade. And so as a result, there would there was this huge explosion of poultry all of a sudden at the at the house. Hence the name, the chicken ranch. And that, this is where it comes from is actually the fact that they had that many damn chickens. And one of the things that they actually did was they started a side hustle. Selling eggs and chickens. Yeah, why and, not? And hence the chicken ranch. And there's that's the that's a fantastic origin story. It is, and it's a great, but but it's innovation mm-hmm. and and problem solving in the middle of the Great Depression is what ultimately gives the place its name. Now, I I, I have a question for you as far as prohibition goes. Was the chicken ranch effectively a uh, yeah effectively affected? <laughs> Was the chicken ranch affected by prohibition? At no, all? because well, certainly not historically by anything I read. And of course, everybody knows that there's backdoor gin or, or bathtub gin. And yeah, you can get the liquor backdoor. And- My suspicions are that the brothel and because of who they were servicing, always had a certain amount of liquor in store. You know, let let's let's be clear that when you're servicing lawmakers. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, law enforcement in these years, if they demand liquor, they're going to get it. Well, I don't think I don't think there's any question. We all know that, you know, speakeasies existed for the lower classes, but certainly those that were wealthy enough could get whatever they wanted and continued to get whatever they wanted. So, yeah, I would imagine the chicken ranch was somewhat um, a blind eye was turned to that just as much as it was the prostitution at that time. Well, even Herbert Hoover had a stash of liquor in the White House during right. Prohibition for when uh, people from other countries came in and he could entertain them properly. Exactly. Which I don't know if is a bigger hypocrite or hypocritical stance on that than not, but clearly we also saw that Prohibition did not last very long at all. No, no, it certainly didn't and was a, a, an enormous failure uh, to everyone except organized crime. Right. You know, the mafia, as it's known today, uh, wouldn't have risen to power, quite frankly, had it not been for prohibition. Smuggling and, yeah. and, and bootlegging. What that did financially for the mob in terms of benefit to them allowed everything that came afterward, really. So those that know history in terms of that know that, that all it did was was help the criminals. It certainly didn't do anything positive for the United States. <laughs> well, one more one more topic before we, we, we close this, uh, this segment out because we plan on doing more segments. How did the building of the Hoover Dam affect the chicken ranch? Well, um, I'm not so certain that it did, at least in, in terms of historical account. Okay. 
um, simply because uh, at the time that was going on, uh, it wasn't in Nevada at that time. Right. It it doesn't get there until uh, until very late in the seventies, which is a shock to a lot of people. People think that the chicken ranch was there a lot longer, but it wasn't. So um, we will get there probably in the next episode. We'll get that far along to where we're moving into Nevada. Um, but there are some other things that are coming here, and this is actually a really good time to stop because we're about to have a change in uh, sheriffs oh. as one sheriff require, uh, retires and another one comes in. So this is probably a good time to say we're, we're ready to, uh, to to pause on this episode and move on to the next one here. Make, a, next make a little transition. Absolutely. Well, what you should know is, uh, you, you find folks out there, is uh, episode 21 is going to be broken down into segments. Mm-hmm. You've heard the first segment. We're going to do segment two next week, and then consensually uh, segments three and four. Hopefully I used the word consecutive. I meant consecutively. Yes, yes. yes that's, that's Well, we were talking about sex, so you were thinking consent. That's where you got, uh, yes. Yeah, let's go with that. Mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, we want to thank you all for listening to us. And remember, you can always get a hold of us uh, at our email, which apparently is going off on Jim's phone right now. It is. Um, At uh, BehindTheRedLight702 at gmail.com, where Mm -hmm. you have the liberty to leave us a kind message or some sort of message uh, indiscreetly. We will eventually read those on the air. Uh, mailbag's been a little late, light lately. Or if you're a, uh, a conservative religious nut job and you just want to tell us how awful we are, then we will definitely read that on <laughs> And we will out the shit out of you. Oh, yeah. You don't yeah. understand. I'm from the mindset of if I'm not upsetting somebody, then I haven't quite made it. Yet. Yeah, yeah. so if, yeah, just know that if you want to come and scream at us, we're going to name you for sure and talk about you and let everybody know that while you hate what we're talking about, you sure as hell we're listening. Yes, yes, you are definitely... <laughs> probably, probably rubbing yourself while you were doing it oh we don't need to go that that far but if you want to be a little bit more open what you got jim hook the people up oh yeah absolutely if you want to extend the olive branch you know and and let us know who you are and everything else you can feel free to join us on facebook on social media behind the red light you'll notice our logo there with a beautiful silhouette of a woman's body and neon what more could you ask for go right ahead and like us there you can feel free to send us a message or what have you uh just join the discussion and of course we put up posts there when uh, something new is going on or what have you so by all means join us on the book of faces and i'm just going to throw it out there because we are going into the new year and we've kind of like edited thing if you are a working girl and you Mm -hmm. would like to talk about your experience uh please get a hold of jim yes and uh we'll see if we can't set something up if not just you talking to jim and uh yeah i don't really know how to how to go about doing that but it would be nice to hear somebody from the other side chime in and let us know what's going well on. i have well you know what we'll save that for the beginning of the next episode i've got a little well we'll save that we'll save that yes all right we're we'll gonna save, save that but until then ladies and gentlemen i'm larry that's jim that's jim i'm larry and we hope to hear from you shortly and we'll see you next time bye-bye